Garage with Vanetic and Brain. Yes, mate. How's it going? Season's greetings, my friend. How you doing? Yes, you are looking extremely Christmassy. Very, very impressed. Yeah, I was, I was worried. I was kind of not quite. I always think of like red and green as Christmas colours, and this is just a bit navy. But like, you know, for the benefit of anyone on YouTube, I have got little skiers and fir trees and all sorts going on. I mean, from from this resolution on my side, it's got strong Neil Diamond vibes. Um, but I'm loving it. I'm well happy with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, won't, I won't burst into song. Don't worry. Anyway, it has been how many months for me since I've said this the last time? This is The Brains, live from The Brains Cave. And I am Phonetics, by a lovely, aptly decorated Christmas tree. Oh, mate, it has... Loving the the season. Was it 16, 18 months, something ridiculous like that? Something like that, yeah, it must be be at least 18 months. Is it longer than that? Too long, too long, I think we can both agree on that. I mean, te- technically, it was a week ago when we messed this record up the first time round. Um, but we, we we are going for the reality TV style re-recording of conversation already had today, aren't we? But um, hopefully, we won't be quite as wooden as the Kardashians. Oh, it'll be totally worth it, though, mate, because we, we we've got plenty plenty of good stuff to talk about. Um, it's the end of the year, um, and it gives us a good chance just to kind of just catch up because we ain't spoke for so long. But then just uh, you know, look at the year in recap, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah. What's been happening with you, mate? Oh, same old, same old. You know, try and uh, fight the temptation to jump out the nearest window. You know, <laughs> plod it on as you do. Yeah, well done. He's been the releases seem to have been a bit bit low this year for you. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, I I kind of became disillusioned somewhat by the grind of putting out a tune every fucking week. And them all being Johnny One plays and being forgotten about by the time the next one rolled around, it's it's just a bit soul destroying. So, um, yeah, I've been pacing myself a bit better. Um, what can you say? Is what it is. Ticking over still though. That's the main thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, your late last EP is cracking. Um, quite literally, Christmas cracking. Um, Indeed. Getting some good support there as well. So, for which I'm grateful. It was just something I did for myself really more than anything. So the fact that anyone else is playing it is a nice tidy little bonus. I'm a complete Christmas spy also. It was just like, I want to fucking do a Christmas EP. It, was, it did start, the idea started life as an album. And I was just like, no, no, that's, that's a, an album's a big undertaking. Four tracks I can probably handle. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, I even heard someone in a garage mix today play your donk remix you've got on there. <laughs> nice, nice. Get in, get Salute, Mr. DJ. Yeah, <laughs> big, big ups to Newton on that one, mate. Um, yeah, so lovely, jubbly. Oh, and uh, just speaking of other blasts from the past, i.e., you, um, I had someone message me on Discogs asking about a Marvel EP on Marvelous Records randomly yesterday. They spoke to Marvel for a couple of months. The Dark and Light EP, they're like, You got this one for sale, mate? I'm like, Shit. I bet Marvel's still got some in his house somewhere. <laughs> I've touched base with Marvel for a while, but I see him, he's very active on TikTok, isn't he? So I'm always seeing his face popping up. He seems to upload like every day. So good on him. He's got a good little following going on there. But he uploads some quite interesting videos. I know you don't do the TikTok thing, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that. But hence, I'm enlightening you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. I'm just an old, old curmudgeon. You know how it goes. Um, I hear you. So, so, so last time we did a Christmas episode uh, was, well, it was 2020, 2021, was it? Yeah. Was it, was it as far back as that? 
Yeah, because when we were shortlisting stuff for this, I had low, like, I had in my mind, oh, like I hadn't realised it was that long, and I thought it was last year, and I, and I was writing down stuff from 2022 just by default, because there's obviously been that window, and it was only when I sort of started looking at dates, I was going, oh shit, no, that was last year, now we're looking at this year, and oh, has it been that, yeah, it's been that long since we did one, yeah, two years, man. Yeah, so... Yeah, so we've missed out the whole of a year, but there's still been plenty of uh, of fantastic uh, music out this year. Um, and I could probably just give us a good opportunity just to re- look back, reminisce, and do our classic uh, ITG awards. Um, Shout out to the people who, who asked for it as well, because we've been regularly getting messages, haven't we, asking when we're doing another one, and uh, I know Ultra G and Shunji popped up on Twitter saying they were looking forward to another one. So that was kind of what prompted us to pull our fingers out, wasn't it? Yeah, it pretty much kind of pushed us into it almost, I'd say. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, uh, it was good that we got the nudge from them, I think, because um, it's obviously forced us to get back together and start. I miss chatting to you, mate, so I'm just happy that I get to have a chance to, uh, to talk to you anyway. Happy days. Indeed, mate. I noticed we've been exchanging a bit more have you heard this over the, over the past few weeks as well? Because we hadn't done that for a while, have we? We've been yeah. back on the case. Mate, check this out. Check this out. Check it like, like the fucking nerds that we are. <laughs> Mate, it's just life. life. Life has just been in the way, I think, this year. Um, I hear But you. anyway, no one wants to hear about that. What everyone wants to hear about is the fantastic music that we've decided to, uh, and the fantastic people we've decided to give some awards to this year. Should we, should we jump into it, mate? Absolutely, mate. Let's do it. Just managed to completely style it out and open the list after we've already started recording, which is very professional. Um, I've just done the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great that we're cheers. prepared, eh? Yeah, cheers, mate. <laughs> this show's sponsored by Jack Daniels. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that is a good old-fashioned. Let's get cracking. This is the ITG in the UK Garage, Garage and Bass Awards 2023. Um, Marvel at the beautiful graphics. Um, and let's get cracking with our first award. <laughs> what did this one mean again? This is Label of the Year. <laughs> Label of the Year featuring Suge Knight. Get me every time with this one, mate. <laughs> right. So, nominations for Label of the Year starts with Strange Times. Next up, South Point. Fantastic work rate from these guys this year. 9-2 recordings. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't consider Garage Shared for Label of the Year 2023. start of it this was the start of the rucking <laughs> it's how it's how it all kicked off i think we talked through this one for ages before we even touched any of the other stuff right do you know what we talked through every one of them for ages really didn't we we kind of went from me being like oh yeah you know no 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 like i'm gonna i'm gonna be easy going about this to us just being a log ahead quite a lot but um yeah tough choice to make because all four of these labels have, have been killing it really aren't they well it just shows we was doing a proper job to the winner of 2023 Garage Label of the Year is Strange Times. 
Nice, nice. What, what, what a cracking year for these guys. Relatively new on the block. I mean, obviously it's a division of Strictly Flavor, but it's a relatively new imprint, right? So to kind of make the impact that it has is impressive and, and it's been real consistent, high level output. Uh, and I think I, it's a really good representation of where Garage is at the moment because since we did the last awards two years ago, um, Garage has kind of moved off. I feel like it's more fractured and fragmented than it arguably was before. Do you know what I mean? It's always been a bit fragmented just by its very nature of what it is being a big umbrella kind of term. But there's not really a sort of clear defined direction in which it's heading. I feel like every label seems to have its slightly different take on the sound and slightly different direction. And Strange Times is a really good representation. I mean, by very by the name of it, do you know what I mean? It's just like, well, this is Strange Times. Let's put some really eclectic kind of experimental sounds together. And, and it's a label that's just really delivered on that sort of premise. No, they do, they do, it, they do it very well, yeah. I mean, I get to the point where I, I get more excited sometimes when I, when I see the Strange Times release over the Strictly Flavor release. It's not to knock Strictly Flavor, but I know I'm going to get something different and something high quality on Strange Times. Um, and it was a, it was a, an award well-deserved. I mean, I was arguing... I think I argued for Garage Shared quite a bit at one point because they have had some fantastic bangers this year. Um, and it was very, very close. It was difficult. Even South Point have had their, their um, levels this year. Uh, all the bootlegs have been putting out. Uh, like the, the volumes, but not just the volumes, the quality of stuff that they've been putting out. Bush Babies had some fantastic stuff out this year um, on, on South Point. And 9-2, again, relatively new label, but the, the, the volumes and the quality out of the gate, it's been, they've been kind of fresh and surprising. And uh, I love seeing emails dropping in the inbox from those guys. 100%. I think you're hitting that on the head with all of that there. I mean, South Point have done a particularly good job of really elevating the artists on their roster as well, which I think is a real, uh, something that's missing with most labels these days and like a real strength for them. But if you look at people like South, uh, look at people like Bush Baby and Clark and, and how, how their releases have kind of elevated their, their reach, like every one, they, 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 there's growth there and that's real like visible and palpable. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a real feather in the cap of South Point. And yeah, I mean, you rightly touched on the fact 9-2 as well. I mean, 9-2's even newer than Strange Times, isn't it? Brand new label. And, and what did they notch up like 25, 26 releases this year? Something like they've consistently done one every two weeks for the whole year. And it's all been quite high level stuff. And, and that's, that's like a real impressive start, really. Um, yeah, good, good work all round from all of those labels. You know, can't knock any of them. Congratulations to Strange Times. Would you like to take us into the next one, Rob? I would indeed. The second award category from the ITG 2023 Awards is for Best Collaboration of the Year. First nominee, we've got DJQ and Tofu Beats with the A440 release. Fantastic. Up next, you need to, you had to get this guy in here. Sammy Virgie alongside Flo Dan for their collabo on Shellaverse. Yeah, both those guys doing big things, putting together, it can only be a good recipe. Eh? Uh, next up, we've got Bakey and Capo Lee with AM to PM. Don't play, I'll send in a box Ain't no chicken and chips inside Don't play my songs, so you ain't got girls They'll call you a leak if you miss this vibe Keep to myself and I'm not too hyped, so And rounding out the nominees This one dropped on Nuvolve Digital Koala and Miss Bass Rise and Shine Rise and shine 
fantastic tunes in there. Did I question you before on whether whether she's Miss Bass or Miss Bass? Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely Miss Bass because I remember it's in in the tune she goes Miss Bass. I still prefer Miss Bars like a sheep, but no, it's Miss Bass. <laughs> that would have gone down an entirely left field route, wouldn't it? Then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so Rob. And the winner of the best collaboration of the year, 2022, 2023 ITG Awards, is Bakey and Capo Lee with AM to PM. Mate, sending man a box, there is no chicken and chips inside. I love this tune. I love it so much. <laughs> Honestly, I've had it on loads. Um, and it's just, it's real, it's grimy, um, and it's a great tune. Bakey deserves recognition because he's been doing some wicked, wicked stuff. And, um, and, I, and I know I had to kind of probably petition you to make this one the winner. Um, and, I, and it's for me, like it was diff- it was hard between this and Digital Koala because that Rise and Sign tune is so feel good. So it makes me so happy to hear it. But this tune, along with the EP that, it, that they formed behind it, I just, I had to, I had to position for this one to win. And, and I think it's yeah. a worthy winner. No, I mean, it's another one of those categories of just looking at the nominees again. Any one of them could easily be winner, couldn't it? Uh, but you make a good case. I mean, Bakey's been around a long while and he's consistently high level and it's nice to give him a nod and, and some recognition for that. And yeah, like you rightly say as well, it's nice that it wasn't... Obviously, we've kind of nominated that that tune, but like the EP that came off the back of it, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real... That was a real strong effort across the board. So um, yeah, prop, props to him, but props to the others as well, because yeah, uh, what do we have? DJ Q, Tofu Beats. I love that. I preferred the instrumental versions of those tracks, if I'm completely honest, but I I loved that. I thought the whole release was very rounded. Um, Sammy Virgie and Flowdown, that Shellaverse has done big things, hasn't it? I swear it's like been like at the top of the Beatport chart for the entire year, it seems like. And, and that's, you know, that's a testament to what both of those guys are capable of. And yeah, then Digital Koala and Miss Bars. Um, nice feel-good vibes. I feel like New Volve, New Volve are good for that, aren't they, delivering the feel-good the feel vibes. There's a lot of tunes that come out of New Volve that just make me kind of nod and smile. And I'm like, yeah, not always my cup of tea, but they always make me smile. Nice. Kudos for that. Fantastic, fantastic tune. Um, let's, let's move on to the next category. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this category? Oh, my God. It's the bass tear-out category. Uh, sorry for audio listeners. There is a gurning woman on a guitar. <laughs> also known as the, was it the Brown Door Award? You wanted to rename it? <laughs> definitely sounds like something I would have said. <laughs> I, that's, I mean, that's that's not a picture I want to see, though. I'm happier with the gurning woman. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I, um, I, I played a bassy tune the other day and I got uh, someone called me out for using the phrase, this one's a size 10 to the balloon knot. I, I need to be on a list, mate. I need to be on a list anyway. <laughs> Let's get cracking with the nominees. First nominee for the Bass Terror Award. One of my favourites, Zero FG, with this one, the Godzilla dub. Next up, we've got Extra Medium with a track called Don't Think. Nominee was on South Point, Bush Baby, with the Champagne Bubblers. I 
final nominee for Bass Tear Out of the Year, Purple Velvet Curtains with a track called Missing You. This was, a, this was another tough one. I, yeah, this was another tough one, mate. But, you know. Absolutely. W- the winner, I believe. After on review from from your strong case was was well deserved, and the winner of Base Tear Out 2023 is Zero FG with the Godzilla dub. Excellent work, my friend. Excellent work. Yeah, I mean you really really love this one, right, Rob? I'd like, and, I, I know do. you was strongly petitioning for this to be the winner. Yeah, the, the, I, with, certain categories I kind of looked through and I was like, oh, I could see an argument for this. You know, this one I just looked at it and I was like, oh man, like immediately Godzilla jumped, up to, jumped out on me, you know. I don't know, he, 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 I think I saw a post he put on Insta the other day where it was just like, he was surprised by the success of it because it was just a dub he threw together to play in his sets, but he didn't have any intention of releasing it. Um, and I guess that's just a testament that goes to show that like sometimes it's those ones that you don't really think are going to hit or the ones you kind of, you don't pour your heart and soul into, you throw them together for a laugh. Actually, that kind of novelty factor really brings out something magic. Because like I heard this and I was just like, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. Like the way it was all constructed. I mean, like obviously Zero FG is like sick um, and like really high level production. Always, always really slickly done. So like when you combine that with the elements that he's pieced together very cleverly uh, from Godzilla and, and like all the bass and the beats, it's just, yeah, no. Hands down, like real, real standout for me. You know, not just in the base terror category, but across the whole year. Uh, and I'm really pleased for his success with it because I see it doing well and it deserves to. Ch- tune you through together and uh, didn't expect success. Wasn't that your uh, description of just don't get me? Was that was that the one? Yeah, I, do you know what? Most of the tunes that I've done which have kind of resonated at all were the ones that I just kind of didn't give too much thought to. It seems to be that the more you, more, more you put into a track, the more you kind of suck from the, 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 the sort of bare bones vibe of it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like it's a trade-off. You either go for that slick and polished vibe or you go, ah, fuck it. I mean, you look at someone like Dex Blissett as a great example of it. Like, you would, no one in their right mind, I don't think, would say, oh, his style is really slick and polished. But he just always had that knack for kind of raw dance floor appeal, didn't he? It was just the vibe. And I feel like you could apply that to Predator or, you know, a lot of those kind of bass heavy vibes like Mr. V did the same and, you know, TS7 as well. I'm going off, off piece here, but yeah, you, know, you, know, saying, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Zero FG applied that logic to this tune and he absolutely smashed it. I, I showed my basic bitch side. I didn't realise that the Simon Says Get the Fuck Up sample was from Godzilla till I heard this tune. Um, and I loved hearing that at the drop and I'm like, oh my God, it's Simon Says. Um, claim to fame is I've seen Pharaoh Munch live. I'm honestly clueless about rap otherwise. Um, but yeah, I um, love that tune. But, uh, you know, uh, Missing You was the close second for me. Um, just the pure switch in that tune. It's like, you don't see it coming, mate. Um, and he, he, he missed out just by a, by a, uh, by a hair uh, from getting this one for me. Um, Zero FG deserves it. Um, fantastic win uh, on this award for you, sir. Shall we move on to the next category? We should, yes. The next category in the ITG 2023 awards is for best remix of the year. First nominee, we've got Martin Garrix and Loi. I don't know if I'm saying this right. Loiso? Is that Loiso? Oh. Martin Garrix and someone with a track called Real Love. Uh, and we're looking at the 33 Below remix. 
fantastic tune. Next nominee for Remix of the Year, Danny Bird and Charlotte Plank let you know this one is Here Go on the Remix. Next nominee is Saba Kenway with a track called The One. This is the S from West UKG Remix. Rounding it out, who else could it be? The man, the myth on the remix. Aluna, kiss it better, MJ Cole on the remix. And the winner of 2023 Remix of the Year is Higo with his remix of Let You Know by Danny Bird and Charlotte Blank. What a tune, mate. What a tune. Indeed, mate. I mean, he's been... Uh, fair, fair dues to go because he's been relatively quiet this year, arguably, compared to previous years, right? And yet, I mean, I'm struggling to think of another remix. Is this the only remix he did this year? Um, I don't know. He done, I'm sure he done a collabo with... Um, uh, what's the what's the girl? I I, the the blonde girl, Tommy and Piri. Piri. Piri, Piri. Yes, he did. He did. But I mean, in terms of remixes, that because that, that was an original effort, right? Yeah. I'd have to get my iTunes up, mate. I'm sure he's done others, but not, I can't think what. There was the other one that you wanted, but it was too old, right? That was the Diplo one, right? The, uh, the uh, I can't think what it's called. Yeah, but that, that was the end of 22. I mean, in terms of 2023, this is the only one that jumps out at me that he's done, but it's an absolute bang. I was just going to say, to, to, to have a sort of, for, for us to go, well, his output's been a little bit lower this year, but then what he has done there is is still <laughs> sort of noteworthy of winning. Uh, I mean, the base on this was, was just, that's, that's the real strong point from it, because it kind of builds, and then that bass line kicks in. And it's not at all what I was expecting him to do, but in a way that only Higo can do, he makes it work, do you know what I mean? It's just like, I came away immediately going, oh, vibe, yeah, I love that, straight on all my playlists, and uh, yeah, I've been loving it since. It's fantastic, mate. I mean, the switching of the tempos is always difficult to do as well, and he does it yeah. seamlessly, mate. It's so well done. Um, fun fact, in my Christmas special show, I, I mixed this into your drum and bass Christmas tune that you did. Um, oh, I missed that. <laughs> I missed that. Right, I'm going to have to go and check the playback. It shows how behind I am. I've been all over the place the past couple of weeks, but I will definitely give that a listen. That, that show is a phonetics fest, mate, because you just do so many Christmas songs. There's just a shit ton of them. <laughs> Michael, but, um, Michael Buble of UKG, mate, you know. <laughs> there he is. Well, I mean, look, it's, hey, I, I had to play this tune in the end of year wrap-up because it was so fantastic. And as you say, the bass line when it drops is just absolutely wicked. Um, fantastic remix, fantastic tune. Um, well done to everyone involved. Shall we move on to the next category? Let's do it. That is a record on a box, which must mean <laughs> it is the EP of the Year Award. Uh, let's go into <laughs> this one. Of course it is. It makes perfect sense, right? Why didn't we put any captions on this? Who created this dumb slideshow? Anyway, <laughs> first nominee for EP of the Year is Honey Tea with the Keys to the Garage EP on Strictly Flavor. Wicked stuff. Second nominee, That Fancy Eye and Shunji Fuji with the Alloy EP. Yeah. 
Next nominee is Ben Hydro with the Avanti EP. I like that guy's style. He's got a really distinctive flavour, isn't he? Last nominee for EP of the year is MPH with the Crash and Burn EP. What a set of tunes, mate. What a set of tunes. Indeed, This mate. was a ridiculously tough category. You've got four winners again there, haven't you, really? <laughs> All day long, mate, but we, we had to give it to one. And, uh, you know, we've given props to this guy before. Um, as this EP says, forget friends. Friends are overrated. Listen to dub plates instead. This was the MPH, the Crash and Burn EP, mate. What a winner. What a winner. Um, loved this record, loved all the tunes on it, and it just, it's not, and it's a different kind of style on each tune on there also, right, so it's versatile, but even the, the lead track is just, ah, beautiful, beautiful song. I think that's that's the strength in it, that you hit the nail on the head there with the versatility of it, because typically you expect a certain sound from MPH. I'm not saying you get the same thing every time, but like, obviously it does a lot of that kind of rolling bass heavy 4-4, kind of makes it up with a bit of two-step. Um, but this has got like a little bit of both. It's got a little bit of breakiness on it. It's like a little bit more experimental. And um, I, I felt like all of, every one of those EPs was very consistent and very strong. I think what probably sets the MPH one apart from the others is the is the kind of the, the fact that it covers a broader spectrum of, of kind of styles, mini genres, sub genres within um, in a way that, you know, I feel, feel like few people can do, but MPH obviously can do and very well. So uh, kudos, kudos, Mr. MPH, once more. Oh, mate. That, Former that, um, ITG winner, no less. Yes, yes, he was art Artist of the Year, right? But um, He was. That, that overrated tune, the way that that breaks down, the bass on that is so crazy. If you have not checked that tune out, then listen to my Christmas special. Um, anyway. <laughs> Getting in some plugs for the Christmas special, I'm digging it's it. It's got to be done. I'm digging Gotta it. got to be done. DJBrains.com, <laughs> get in there. Anyway, all right. So what do you want to take us through the next one, <laughs> Mr. The next. Thomas? category which I can't remember I'm relying on your slides here I realized a minute ago I was looking over at my screen and I've got your slideshow on the screen in front of me like anyway <laughs> next category is breakthrough producer of the year and the first nominee is Hardy <laughs> Bumpy Bizzo. Next up for Breakthrough Producer of the Year is Bullet Tooth. Next nominee for Breakthrough Producer of the Year, Efan. And rounding out our nominees, a regular on Garage Shared. Banquet. I think it's important to, before announcing the winner, I think it's important to define, you know, like Breakthrough Producer of the Year because I, I would anticipate some people would look at this and go, oh, Hardy's been around ages. You know, we're not specifically saying it's people who've only been producing this year. We're looking at people who are maybe on the newer end of the spectrum of producers but might have been around a few years but have had a particularly 
strong year and kind of broken through from being in the background. So uh, just to just to clarify that, but I mean, all four of these guys have, have done an exceptional job of that. Um, am I announcing the winner? It's me, isn't it? I was about to say, take it away, brains. Tell us who the winner is, and, and you know, missing my cue completely. How unprofessional! So the winner, the breakthrough producer of the year, the 2023 ITG Awards, is Ethan. Yes. <laughs> what a win! What a win, mate. Um, I, I know. I know. This was one that I, I pushed for at this time, and completely deserved, mate. This guy's work great. Him and Bullet Tooth together i can't even count the number of tunes that they put out this year but they were smashing them out within days of each other at one point throughout the year <laughs> um the bootlegs were just ridiculous but i mean Ethan's tunes were so high quality that it led to him start to get like proper sign-ins very quickly um and i've had him in my inbox on promos through reputable labels um, already because this guy's getting picked up from his talent and his productions are just fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you say, like the work rate's important, but it's got to be matched by the by the um, the quality of the productions and and where someone can do both. Uh, like you know, like these guys, and they deserve deserve a nod and uh, fair play to Ethan because you know, um, as you said, smashed it. Top stuff. Congrats, mate. Absolutely smashed it. Can't wait to see what else um, comes out from him next year. I'd say everyone else on that list, um, they're all. It was difficult to pick a winner. Um, I think it was the fact that I could see that Efam was already starting to break through so quickly, and the quality was so high um, that that I think I had to give it to him. I mean, Hardy's had some official releases out as well, also. Mm. Um, but I just, I don't know. I, just, I think just the the acceleration ramp for me. Um, I just I had, yeah. to, I had to fight for him. It's it's hard not to take note of it, isn't it? And do you know what? Like the thing that strikes me about all of them as well, and, and it made me hate them all a little bit, is like when I was collecting the photos for your little slideshow. There, it's how young they all are, and I can't, oh, you know, can't hold that against them. That's not their fault. But like, it's impressive to be um, at the level that they're all doing this at um, at such a young age. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, fair dues. I know it's a different world now, and it. YouTube tutorials will teach you a lot, but you still have to put the graft and the hard work in, and they're obviously all doing their thing. So, oh, we didn't have YouTube back in our day. We had to find production guides in a bush, discarded next to the porn. <laughs> Just made it up as I went along, mate. That's probably why <laughs> my productions are so shy. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, it all makes sense now. Uh, <laughs> shall we move on to? One of my favourite awards, the Jazziest Stepper Award. Now, this nice. is for our jazziest piece of garage that we enjoyed in 2023. Um, yeah, first nominee for Jazziest Stepper 2023, Shinji Fuji with Strutting. <laughs> Next up, we've got Dave. I think it's Dave anyway. We're assuming it's Dave. Dave spelt D-A-E-V for anyone who's not watching the YouTube video with a track called 1.41am. Next one is a long-term veteran producer on the buttons of this one, Crafty Cuts. Put out this tune this year I loved, Ain't No Way.
final nominee for Jazziest Stepper of the Year, Bear Like and Forbes with Take Me Away. Up and leave, can't just up and leave. Think about me, I'll provide the fuss you need. Up with the hustle and bustle, I don't sleep. Not a peep. I feel like when your work rate went down, like Jazz Step output as a whole kind of went down. Um, but luckily, we had these four fantastic cuts these years, this year, should we say. Um, should we just take it away and announce the winner? I think we should, yeah. Tell us who won, mate. Let's do it. The winner of Jazziest Stepper 2023 is our good friend, Shinji Fuji, with Strutting. What a vibe, mate. What a production. Like, it's just so slick. So slick. I, you know, I think I, I, I think I said to you before, didn't I? Like, there's, there's definitely an argument to be made for the fact that he maybe should have won Jazziest Stepper of the Year last time around. I think we ended up giving it to Badger, didn't we? But it was there was definitely, it could have gone either way. Uh, and I think that makes it even nicer to actually be able to give him the nod this time. And actually we had um, the Aloe EP, didn't we? And the nominations for one of the previous awards and some of the tracks off of that could easily have been put forward. Uh, it was a real, you know, there was a real kind of back and forth over which one we put forward for Jazziest Stepper. But uh, for, quality nominees there but for me this was the clear clear winner i think it took it uh just on the whole just ticked a lot of boxes just ticked a lot, you, lot of boxes you can't get more jazz step than this record because it is it's the two-step it's the jazz step vibe but it's like also classic jazz with that the randomness but in a way that that very few people can do like shinji can do the way that he just switches it up and just the, the tune just wanders you all over the place, mate. It's so good. Um, it's just like, it's like Mon Mondo Grosso, but just on steroids, mate. Like, and I love it. <laughs> Absolutely I think, love it. I think Shinji would be very fond of that that comparison because I know he's a, I know obviously he was a big Mondo Grosso fan, so I should thank you on his behalf. <laughs> props, to, props to Luke Holden on the tip-top mastering job there as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't shout my boy. Ah, nice. Been, been a while. Big ups uh, to Luke Holden. Good. Good stuff. Okay, next one, Robert, is a big one. Next one is Tune of the Year. And the first nominee is... We shouted it earlier, we'll shout it again. It's Godzilla Dub by Zero FG. Next nominee for Tune of the Year is Hacha, featuring Drea and Nake. With a tune called Crush. Met her on the north side of the River Thames. You're a sweet voice like Thames. Saw her in a party, turning up with a girlfriends on a weekend like when the hell's a boyfriend? Let me scope Third nominee in the tune of the year category, Infamous Goose with Shooting Star. Shooting Star. Shooting Rounding out a fantastic list of tunes is this one from Jamie Hire with a track entitled Believe. This is the one that took us the longest, right? Was it this one or was it Artist of the Year? I don't know. We argued. No, it was, it, I mean, this, this and Artist did keep us going for a while, didn't they? But I mean, yeah, yeah, it was spoilt for choice, really, with this one. It was another one where we could have, again, given it to any one of those and would have been happy with it. But as you said before, there can only be one winner. And we decided to give it to, I'm just checking my list to make sure who we gave it to. <laughs> could have been anyone. There you go. Infamous Goose with Shooting Star. What a tune. 
words, too. And arguably, we could have had this, you know, I realised after we did the, the list of nominations, we could easily have had this in the jazziest stepper category as well, couldn't we? Because it's quite, quite kind of soulful and chilled and doing things, ticking the right boxes in that regard as well. I mean, Goose has had a fantastic year. Uh, it's really, it's really, it's hard to argue that, you know, he's popped up on a, you know, typically before, I mean, obviously he, he did stuff on, was it Infamous Recordings, his label? And then he kind of jumped ship and he was doing a lot of stuff with Nouvelle. And then this year he's kind of stepped out of that. He put out this release uh, on Riddler. He did the stuff with Strictly Flavor. Um, he's kind of got, got about a bit. He did the 9-2 release as well. And all of it has been the same consistently high level stuff that we, we know and love Goose for. Uh, but of the bunch of all the tunes for me, uh, and it's partly subjective because obviously this ticks the boxes for me in terms of the fact I like that soulful two-step bar. Uh, it's a sing-along vibe, it's really slickly produced. Um, what's not to like? It's hard to argue against it, I feel. It's a very, very happy, happy tune. Um, warm, that's all I can describe it. You, you get warmth listening to it. Um, just, it's a, a great production and a, and a great tune. And it is indicative of, of, of Goose's body of work this year. Um, fantastic tune and deserved of tune of the year. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I, was, I was arguing yeah, I think I was arguing for the Jamie High tune because of the switch in the tune. The way it switches up from 4-4 into the mad two-step. Pretty crazy, but then you could argue that it could be a housey tune and then you get, in, it's just a housey tune with some two-step in it rather than a garage tune with some housey bits in it. Um, it regard, whatever it was, as much as I loved that tune, I loved, and obviously we know how much we love Godzilla, and Hutcher has just had a wicked year and that tune is probably one of his best ones um, from this year. The, which is, uh, I mean, it's even a, a good uh, throw in the, the, today from a, a remix that he, that we could have put on the list. Um, yeah, yeah, the, I did. The, I did suggest adding it in there. The, the one for banquet on um, yeah, the banquet is wicked. Yeah. So, so Hutcher was out there, but you know, ultimately we can only give it to one person, and the person that blew us away the most was was the goose. So congratulations to the, to the goose. Yes, very well deserved. Um, need to make sure we stay focused and not ramble. That's just a note to myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, had, this, kid, this, this screenshot kills me every time, bro. Hadaway represents, for some reason. Well, do you <laughs> not think, become... when you think of brilliant albums, do you not think of the Hadaway album? Oh, that's the first thing. First thing that yeah. comes into my head is the Hadaway album, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is album of the year. Let's go there. First nomination for ITG album of the year is Lavender by The Man Like Stay. Second nominee for Album of the Year, Endless Works in Progress by Baker. Next up, we have got MPH with 132FM. And last but not least, we've got my man MC Cobra with Strikes Back. Back to a career, back to reality. Get me down and switch on the gravity. I gotta do this thing for my sanity. Hang up the max switch of the vanity. Back to a career, back to reality. Get me down and Great body of work there. What a great body another, of work. Another hotly contested one. Indeed, indeed. I, we was fairly like aligned on this by the end of it, though. I think 
Well, there was I mean, less arguing about this category than some of the others, for sure. We didn't come to blows on this one, did we? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. And that means that the winner 100% deserves it. Winner of Album of the Year 2023 is Stave with Lavender. This one just came out of the blue for me, mate. I don't know where it came from. Mate, I think we both said the same thing, isn't it? And I think that's part, part, perhaps part of the charm of it, arguably, was that we both kind of went, what the fuck is this? Who the fuck is that? Oh, this is wicked. Like, it's, it's a bit like if you go to the cinema and you've been told a film's amazing and then it doesn't absolutely knock your socks off, you come away a bit disappointed. It's the opposite of that, isn't it? When you go in, you've got no fucking clue and something's really good. It just adds to the, the, the warmth and the appeal of it. And like, yeah, like it just, I listened to it and I was not, I didn't know what to expect. It was one of those ones where I kind of clicked on it going, who's Dave? And then kind of listened through. I was like, fucking hell, that's really decent. Like, and, and to put out that number of tracks in one hit, what a way to just kind of be like fuck you all i'm here so uh, props to props to stave oh, wicked album absolutely wicked so many bangers on there um really really enjoyed it as, as a as a body of work um i don't i don't know whether there's any stinkers on it um no, it, no, it, no none that jumped out at me yeah and it, uh, and it was it was difficult to give it to to, to stave over the other guys here obviously mph you know everything's going to be a banger um, and, and Baker come early out of the gates in January with Endless Works in Progress and it is a fantastic album um, and, and MC Cobra obviously collaborated with so many fantastic producers there was one dodgy one on there called Fontaine <laughs> Nix um, yeah. he gets about a bit I don't know how he keeps getting work you know but <laughs> but, um, but yeah we, we, we ultimately rested on stave it's a nice position to be in, actually, that we had, had to have a discussion about, like, album of the year, though, because I think, like, last time, when we compiled a list of albums of the year, this, this slightly iffy one ended up winning it, but it was probably because there wasn't a massive amount of artist albums around. You know, I remember having a conversation with you at the time, and we were going, oh, do we, do we reserve this category solely for artist albums? Do we include compilations and stuff? Whereas this time around, we had so many artist albums to actually pick from that like we had to kind of go well let's not even consider the compilations Let, let's look at this as the artistic bodies of work and, and we've got four artists doing their artistic thing and all four of them smashing it and uh, yeah were it not for Lavender coming out the gates with such a stomping effort like you could have given props to any one of those other guys so good work all round lads and please keep the albums coming it's nice because I feel like in 2023 the album is somewhat of a lost art do you know what I mean and, and all four of those efforts none of them were, none of them were thrown together oh here's 10 tracks that I've done that I can happen to put together those are four albums each every every album they all had a concept and, and, and a thread that ran through all of the tracks and um, that is a big that's that's a big undertaking that really sets an album apart from what is effectively just a, a sort of compilation of tracks isn't it do you know what I mean I know there's an argument to be had as well for like the MPH one. There'll be someone sat there going, no, it's not an album. It's only seven tracks. Was it seven or eight tracks? <laughs> um, but we're obviously using the Apple style guide um, in terms of what constitutes an album. And technically speaking, seven or eight tracks isn't an EP now. It is now classed as an album. So just for anyone debating that with us. He didn't win. No one cares. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I know what you're saying about with albums. It's like when I, when I see an, a, a, an album on like my music site of choice, uh, sometimes I'm just really worried that it's going to be someone's looked at their hard drive, just all the old shit that they've worked on, and they're just like, oh, we'll just dump that out as an album just to get it out the door. And it's it such a is. lazy, it, there's so much lazy work like that that goes out, and it makes my job difficult looking for good stuff. 
Because if it's a pile of shit, then just you don't have to put out everything that you do. No, you don't have to put out everything you do. I've got a hard drive full of stinkers that no one will ever hear. Like, <laughs> it's as simple as that. Well, I think you don't, particularly yeah. in this day and age as well, I don't feel like the the market, the music industry, is really uh, leans in favour of albums. Unless you're unless you're a Drake or a Taylor Swift or a really big artist signed to a major label, do you know what I mean? You're actually probably likely to benefit more from releasing a string of singles because then they'll kind of go out one at a time and people will actually listen to them. You know, you're really reliant when you're look, when you're talking about putting an album out. You're entrusting that your listener base is willing to listen to 10 plus tracks from you in one hit otherwise there's no point in putting an album out right so i feel like in this day and age with streaming as it is with the way we consume things and, and the shorter attention span the market really doesn't lean towards favoring albums so that people can justify doing an album properly i feel is is really it kind of it almost makes it even more special do you know what i mean in, in my perspective anyway I, yeah, I think, you're I think absolutely it does, right Everything yeah. to fucking TikTok nowadays. You see extended mixes that are three minutes long, and it's like, who's your mate? Should we go on to the next one <laughs> <laughs> before we before we start writing about what grinds our gears? Yeah, yeah. Before we start that, yeah. Um, is the next one the last category? Are the we, next yeah. one's the final. It's the big one, isn't it? It's the bit. It's the biggie. They're all big, but well, yeah. This is this is the the equivalent of the the Oscar for best actor or actress, isn't it? And talking of, talking of the film industry, uh, of course, that's the first producer you think of when you think producer of the year, isn't it? Producer 100%. of the year. And we're looking at people who've consistently put out high level stuff. Obviously, first nominee. We already shouted him out earlier. Got to shout him out again. It's the Goose. Infamous Goose. Next nod to producer of the year. It's Mr. Mikey B. Third nominee in the category of producer of the year, 33 below. Rounding out our amazing nominees for producer of the year 2023 is Hutcher. This would have been probably a fist fight if we was in the same room <laughs> talking about this. <laughs> this. This got so heated that I, th- I believe we actually had to leave it and go, right, fuck it, I'm going out for a bit. We'll talk about this when I get back. Yeah, we did. We did. <laughs> and, then st- and then still got our heads together at the end of it and we're like, so what are we going to do? Don't really no, mate. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's, that's, that's a compliment to each of these guys, right? Because there is no loser because honestly, we nearly punched each other in the face over which one of you was best. But had to eventually come to an agreement and the one that we did, the one who was on both our lists when we shortlisted, I think was, that was what set it apart, wasn't it? We ended up going, right, like who was near the top of our list and, and this guy was and his name is Hutcher. Hacha is 2023 in the garage producer of the year. Well done, mate. Apologise to Hacha there. I feel like I should have paused a bit longer so we could get a longer drum roll in there in post, but I will work on that. I might even do like a pause <laughs> to the video so we can have a big, <laughs> it's Hacha. <laughs> uh, you still got to work on your YouTube thumbnail face, mate, so we can do like some crazy like <gasps> surprise poses to be like producer of the year. <laughs> um, let's talk about Hacha rather than our egos. So Hacha, what a year this man has had. When we reviewed the tunes that he'd done over the last 12 months, 
just consistently a, a set of bangers. And what I think I really liked and what you really liked, don't mind me talking to you about what you was liking, but it was his original productions, right? So it wasn't like he was just banging out remixes left, right and centre or bootlegs. Um, he was doing freshly made, fresh vocaled, uh, written tunes from scratch. And, and that's a rare art nowadays, you know? It is, it is. It's so, and I'm not criticising anyone for doing it. I've definitely defaulted to doing it a bit more recently because, and I think the reason that a lot of guys use vocals from splice packs and sample packs is because to justify the amount of time it takes to write a song from scratch, record and engineer and get the vocal all mixed down properly and, and, and do the whole thing, that's a huge undertaking as a, 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 for a piece of work that you know is likely to be on the shelves and off the shelves within a couple of weeks. So I think, you know, from my perspective, I struggle to kind of really channel myself into creating stuff from scratch these days on that basis. Uh, and I know a lot of other guys do, and there's a lot of people that we've had on the, in the nominations list today, uh, and they're still deserving nominees. I'm not saying anyone's less deserving for having done that, because that is kind of a go-to these days, and fair play, you know. Whatever your starting point, I think it's, I think Duncan once said, whatever your starting point to make a good record, you know, whether you're working from a sample, whether you're doing a bootleg, whether you're, whether you're writing something completely from scratch, to make a good record is a skill in itself, right? So if you've made a good record that we shouted out this year, don't take it as a diss when I say that Hartshire gets extra points for creating stuff from scratch. However, I do think it adds a little spice to the proceedings, doesn't it? Where you'll get an original vocalist in and you're sitting down with them in the studio and, and doing something completely from scratch. It's like, I don't feel like every producer is capable of that. I feel like there's a lot of people who are beat makers who call themselves producers. Again, I'm not dissing them. I just feel that's, that's how it is. I think like when you look at someone like Hutcher, and I could be Mikey B as well, because Mikey does it a lot. You're talking about guys who are kind of somewhere between that new school producer role and the old school one. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like Dre was the bridge between those old school producers who sat in the executive position and people who got more heartily involved in the beat making, the production. We're now at a point where most people who call themselves producers do everything from start to start to finish. They don't have an engineer that comes in and does things. They don't have somebody else polish off their track. It, the producer on the whole is a more rounded role these days. So when you do that, take that rounded role, but also consider the writing side of things as well, that's like an extra feather in a producer's cap. And I think that's where people like Hutcher and Mikey B really kind of set themselves apart from the rest of the pack. And ultimately, I think, you know, as you say, when we were looking at the, the names on our lists, it was, it was that I, I feel probably elevated Hutcher above the others. I think, do you know what? I think thinking about it, when we were doing the 2021 nominees, I think Hutcher came up in the discussions uh, even then. Uh, but I mean, we had such a, a strong set back then, I think we almost came to blows, you know, first time around. Uh, but it's been really nice to, obviously we had a year out from doing the awards and then on, on recapping this year's work, it's been really nice to kind of look back and go, oh yeah, he's, he's still fucking doing it and he's still smashing it. And um, I did want to question you on the... Um, so we had, uh, was it Crush nominated in the best tune category? Right? Yes. And you announced it and you said Hutcher featuring Drea, right? And this, uh, this isn't a diss at anyone, but like a lot of these new artists, <laughs> I know we've covered this on the podcast before, and I know I sound like a moaning middle-aged man, probably because I am, but like it confuses me because a lot of them either miss off syllables or they use different letters and it gets a bit confusing. You go, how do I say that? The other thing a lot of them started doing recently is capitalising their names. Now, I looked at that and I don't know if that's Drea or if that is 
DRIAA that stands for something else. I would I would appreciate some some clarification on whether that is someone called Ria or whether it's just like some acronym that stands for some elaborate artist name. I'm hoping the latter because I would like so, to know what it stands so, for. So, so, so I mean, I'm hoping I'm saying her name right, but she's uh, she DJs on Represent Radio from what from what I gather. I did see. I didn't um, know that. Yeah, and she's featured on a few tunes this year. Um, a, a good up and coming talent. So, so big up, Drea, and I hope I really am saying your name correctly. Um, <laughs> if really, he's not, really if am. he's not, please, please do send us an angry email clarifying because you know. that's it. Feedback at intheukgarage.com will be where you can send all your vitriol. Um, I just want to make sure that I, obviously we, we've praised the goose, and we know goose has done amazing this year, but we know why he's in this category. I just want to talk about thirty three below because he needs a bit of time because. Um, he was he was one of my big horses in the race, right? Like I think thirty three below has had a fantastic year this year. He's from New Zealand. Um, his play counts are going through the roof. He's had a lot of big remixes, and I really really enjoy his sound. I think it's diverse. I think the production quality is fantastic, um, and I just and I love his tunes. And he does things that are just a little bit different, but you, they still kind of slot into a genre of sounds that are really pleasurable to my ears. That's the only way I can describe it. Um, and I just, and, and big ups to 33 Below. Um, but Hutcher got it by a nose, mate. Um, so it was a photo finish. Mikey B as well. I mean, you you showed me some of the stuff that he did this year that I, I slept on. And I'm almost embarrassed that I missed some of the tunes that that guy did this year. Um, he had a fantastic year, um, and again, equally deserving. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Mikey B fan. I feel like, uh, like I, 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 perhaps his earlier stuff, I, I kind of regret not giving him more credit. You know, going back to the baseline days, I probably didn't acknowledge him as I should have. And I, but I feel like he's really come into his own in recent times because his tunes are sort of um, they're really slickly produced, really well put together, but also like really nicely musical as well. There's a lot to them. And, and I, I, like we said, he, he's another one of those guys um, who's getting artists, getting vocalists in and sitting down and writing songs with them, uh, which is nice. But everything I hear from him, I haven't heard a stinker all year. Like everything has just been like, ah, oh, it's wicked. And I was mildly offended that you'd, you'd missed a lot of them. I'm going to have to have words when, about when this I, after. <laughs> when I see Mikey B, I just, I, I hear like the baseline stuff and some of his baseline stuff I really like but some of the baseline stuff he's done this year I've heard has been a bit too wubby for my liking I don't know how to describe it otherwise it's been a bit just too much for me um, so I, when you when you nominated him I was thinking what the baseline guy and then you're like no what about all this other stuff that he's done that's fantastically beautiful and I'm like oh my god where's all that come from um, the versatility is key isn't it I've got all the time in the world for, for people who, who are able to display the versatility because it's one thing to kind of fine tune one sound but when you start jumping between baseline and two step and bumpy 4-4 four, four, then you really show you know that you're you're a master of your craft uh, and I think you know I, I do think Mikey is um, I think he's massively underrated not just by you. He's <laughs> it, not well. You know, he's, he's he's got the props, mate. He's got the props. I just I, I just snoozed like an old man. That's all. Um, <laughs> anyway, should we should we should we wrap the awards up there? Congratulations to all the nominees. Congratulations to all the winners. Um, I'm sure you can claim everyone that lost. Just you know, it's two grumpy old guys and their opinions. So it doesn't matter. Um, to all the winners, um, you know. Do what you want with it. Put it, put it, put it on a lolly stick. Put it on your CV. I don't know. Um, you don't win nothing other than uh, 
the ability to brag that these two guys really liked your shit this year. Um, congratulations. It's all love. It's all love. When we, when we first started this podcast, when we started talking about ideas for this podcast, it was specifically, wasn't it? The whole premise of it was let's give props to people who, you know, A, arguably aren't getting the props we feel they deserve um, or people who, you know, we, we just want to kind of steer people towards them. So if we've mentioned you, but you haven't got an award, please don't be offended because the fact that, very fact that we're mentioning you, we're, we're, you know, we're acknowledging that you're shit up and good on you. There we go. That's what I would say. All right. But if there's one thing I've learned from doing a podcast, and half easy to offend people, but on that note, I think we need to move on to our gassing section, which we really should, I feel, rename what grinds my gears because every episode seems to start with me having a good old rant about something and I'm just pouring myself another alcoholic beverage just so I can get really into the ranty really side of, of the Christmas but, yeah but, but the, the category that we talked about that we talked about on the last one that we lost um, that I guess we're going to talk about again now is, is Christmas tunes that was a fairly positive discussion right Christmas garage festive bootlegs right well, I kind of feel like it should be nothing but positive. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the crux of it, isn't it? It's that, you know, I, I identified for you before we recorded, we were talking, and I said, it's funny how, like, there's this real divisive split between, and I think it goes outside garage, obviously, but people, like, within the garage circle who I hear talking or see posting on social media seem to have, like, either a really positive, strong reaction to Christmas music or a real visceral offended take on it. There's nothing in between. There's no one going, oh, I can take or leave a Christmas tune. There's either people going, oh, that's wicked. I love that. I'm going to play that for the novel. Or there's people going, oh, no, Christmas garage. How dare you? And there's nothing in between. And it's just, a, it's a real interesting dichotomy because the other thing that I pointed out to you that I observed is a lot. There's a tendency, I believe, amongst those people who are really offended by Christmas remixes, covers, bootlegs, whatnot, they don't like the Christmas ones. They'll moan about them being novelty and, and cheapening things, but they'll all happily play the Halloween novelty tracks. And I just want someone to explain to me where in the difference lies between a Halloween novelty track and a Christmas one, because to be honest, I'm so sick of hearing remixes of John Carpenter's Halloween theme tune. That's been done a million times over. I'd, I'd much sooner hear Christmas ones. Um, I don't know, I'd, you know, I said to you before, very much to my detriment, it's definitely a flaw. I take Garage far more seriously than I arguably should have. All of the backstage politics, all the bullshit, all of the tracks that should sell better but don't get any props, it all really irritates me more than it probably should. Yeah, when it comes to Christmas, I'm able to let my, well, what's left of my hair down and go, yeah, fuck it, let's have a, let's have a little Christmas sing. Like, I'd much sooner hear like a garage take on something than listen to Mariah Carey and Noddy Holder 50 fucking times a day. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it gives you like a little, you know, I, was, I actually, we were in the car earlier. I was in the car with the, with the wife and the kids and I put on my Christmas mix that I recorded a few years back. That's got, you know, Para and Todd Edwards and CJ Rain and Mr. Purd and myself in it. And it was just like, this is a cool little alternate take to, to, to do, isn't it, on Christmas music? And actually, I had a, a good lengthy chat with the wife for like 10, 15 minutes where she was trying to convince me. She's like, they call you the Michael Bublé of UKG, right? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, you should cash in on that. You should just retire for the rest of the year, come out in December and do loads of bookings where you show up and you play all of those Christmas tunes. And I was just like, do you know what? You put me onto something there because a lot of those tunes I played in that mix, you can't even get them anymore. So like, unless you've got them first time, like I would almost have like a little captive audience. Whether anyone would book me or not is a different matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'd book you, mate. I'd book you. That's oh, fine. Love, mate. Love. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 
I think a lot of how much you'd like Christmas garage it depends on how much you like Christmas. I think first of all, because if you generally like a Christmas curmudgeon, you're not going to be down with Christmas vibes of any sort of music, regardless of what genre they've been sandwiched into. Um, I used to be a bit miserable at Christmas, but you know, I'm, I, I got over myself, and uh, now I dress up like a prick for podcasts in celebration <laughs> of, uh, you know. Jesus's birthday, happy days. Like, so I, I, I get behind it now, and I enjoy the season. One of the big things that made me enjoy Christmas this is a tip for anyone that gets a bit overwhelmed by it. Always stop watching TV. As soon as you stop watching TV, you don't get blasted with John Lewis adverts every five minutes, and then it's not rammed down your throat from November. And that was honestly, I think, from switching to like streaming telly, was just maybe not get overwhelmed with it all, and. Coupling that with enjoying Christmas in general, I started to enjoy Christmas music more, and I, and I don't mind a, a, a Christmas tune. Um, if you play it in your mix, you, your mix is immediately dated. Um, you you do sabotage yourself there almost because you're not going to get any like many people want to enjoy that the rest of the year round. Um, I, I like to throw old school into my mixes at Christmas as something different sometimes, um, and I generally find that my December mixes seem to be some of my most played. I don't know whether that's because it's the old school stuff or because it's Christmas or because it's just a bit different. Um, but yeah, I, that's really, I, I feel... Go on. That's re- that's re- I was just going to say, it's really interesting because like if I'm... Sorry, if anyone's watching you should see my dogs trying to get my attention here. <laughs> um, I think it's, generally speaking, if you, if you look at the mixes, and I'm talking specifically YouTube here, if you look at the mixes, the, the garage mixes, they tend to notch up a lot of hits on YouTube. They tend to be the old school ones. And I know Richie P is obviously an avid uploader of mixes. He does some really good mixes. He did a phonetic special earlier in the year. If you haven't checked it out, go give it a listen. But he's he's put, said that to me, you know, if, if I, he does like an artist series. And he said, when I do an artist series, if it's a new school artist, I notice that they tend to get a lot more hits than the old school ones. But what strikes me as weird about what you've just said is that like when I think of, of brains, I think of new cutting edge sounds. So it's kind of ironic, really, that your mixes where you play older tracks are the ones that tend to still, in spite of in spite of who you are and what your your you know ethos is when you're DJing, it's the ones where you play the old has yeah. you know, been done stuff that get more hits. I don't know whether it's the tunes though specifically, like because when like I mean. Again, plug in my Christmas special if you haven't heard it yet. Check it out, djbrains.com. Um, when I play at Christmas, I'm, I'm not doing the usual, here's all the new tunes that have come out over the last two weeks, and it's almost mechanical. I've crafted a show of just tunes that are my favourite for any period of time. So like, I, I put loads of tunes in from this last year, plus from years before. Um, lots of tunes featured were ones that were nominated in our awards uh, some of that was driving what I picked and so it may just be the fact that because I'm picking a whole bunch of more high caliber stuff rather than just showcasing absolutely everything that's different yeah, yeah. enough to make it more evergreen than just the ones that could be the, uh, full of Johnny One plays right um, yeah so makes sense. That's, that's, that's what I'm kind of thinking I mean the thing that offended me the other day I used to try and SEO my website on whatever the year is and then the word UK Garage so I used to get lots of hits off of like 2008 UK Garage 2009 UK Garage whatever the year was someone would Google that SEO is like such a dog shit game nowadays it's so hard to, to play so I, my site's got 2023 UK Garage in the title I googled that the first hit was a YouTube video 2023 UK Garage right and it's all time stamped 
do you think that was a new school mix? No, it fucking wasn't. It was a <laughs> all the same trash fucking old school. Someone had bought a copy of Pure Garage and then just done the mix theirself. Um, it, uh, offensive to me, but that's the first hit. When you see 2024 UK Garage, like I, th- I think the people that are pushing the new sound, myself included, have not worked out how to game the YouTube alg- algorithm properly to promote us in the right sorts of ways. Yeah. It's difficult. It's such a shame. Very, very difficult. Such a shame. Such a shame because, I mean, you know, we've been saying it for years and obviously we wouldn't be doing a podcast based on it if we didn't believe it to be true. But the calibre of, of, of a lot of what's around is there's some incredible music being made. And I mean, we're going back 20 odd years, aren't we, really? The, like, you know, at the time I've known you, the amount of absolute bangers that have come out that never really got the credit they deserve just because of where Garage was at at the time. It's it's a cry and shame and I'll, and I'll always be a little bit sad about it. I was thinking about it earlier, in fact, to myself, just independent of the podcast, I was just thinking about some of the stuff from the Lost Years, because I was thinking, you know, we, on a lot of these episodes, we do a Lost Years choice, right? And I was thinking some of the absolute weapons we pulled out from that time span and, and how they've just been and gone and, and now basically just don't exist because they were sort of pre-digital era, sort of 200 vinyl pressings and only those people who bought one of those vinyl pressings really necessarily even know a lot about a lot of those records mm. kind of sad kind of sad but you know it's, it, it is, still break, breaks my heart when they re-release it on digital and then your vinyl is just like worthless after that <laughs> worthless yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah speaking of lost year bangers um, for the Christmas special it's now available on djbrains.com uh, I pulled out um, the 100 Break Me Down Control S remix. Do you remember that tune? I remember that. Yeah, I liked that. Oh, mate. Just, I found it randomly. I'm like, yeah, I'm playing that tune. I haven't played that for years. That was probably one of my favourite Control S productions, I think, that one. It's a real standout. It real st- Yeah, there's a, there's a few of them, but that one in particular, yeah, I rated that. Yeah, I was trying to think somebody else did a mix of it as well, which is pretty decent. They were, it was around the time... Excuse me, thank you, pardon. There was a few um, 100, uh, 100 remixes doing the rounds around, around. I'm trying to think what year that was. 2008? I want to say 2008, 2009, something like that. Yeah, it was a while many ago. years ago. Well, when I were a wee lad. Uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think. But, I sp- but yeah. a, you know, going back to the original point, it's been a strong year in terms of Christmas UKG in terms of what's been on the table. Because I had, um, in fact, I had a good, I had a clean sweep last night across BBC Introducing where I got sort of multiple plays of my EP that I put out, which isn't wholly garage, but there is a speed garage one on there. Big ups everyone supporting that. Uh, but I listened back to some of the playbacks today because I was curious what else was on the playlist. And there's I want to say it's called Christmas Time by Tommy Imperi. There's Chimpism put one out as well. He put out a, a sort yes. of a warpy, a warpy garage Christmas. He tune. put that out for a free download for like two days, and I missed it by like hours, I think. Why? And then, why only two days? Why only two? No it, idea. It's, it's exclusive. I'd love to know the wisdom in that. And then he started talking about, oh yeah, I'm getting plays on Radio One or whatever, and it's like, well, put the fucking come out then. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe he's lining up a proper release for it for next year or something. I don't know. I mean, there, there's that one. There was Drac, Drac did one as well. I don't know if you picked up on that. That was pretty cool. Um, no, I DJ, that one. Pe- DJ Pencil did a Mariah Carey remix. I mean, there's always a Mariah Carey remix, right? Um, there certainly is, yeah. I mean, obviously, the pick of the bunch would be my EP. I'm slightly biased in saying that, but, you know, it is what it, it, is, what it is. Deal with it. It's, it's our podcast. You can't you, do anything about it. Uh, <laughs> you can't beat the Christmas donk, mate. I love a bit of donk down. I was loving it. I knew, I knew you'd love that one. I, I, I sort of had my brother in mind when I did that, really, because he loves all that kind of vibe. Uh, I don't know. My pick was probably the drum and bass one. I really enjoyed doing that, but 
yeah, as I say, it was going to start off, but originally it was going to be an album and then, yeah, it, it, November rolled around and I was like, yeah, probably haven't really got time to do an album now, but I should at least aim for an EP. It's all good. <laughs> Smashed it, mate. Nice, nice, little, <laughs> nice little EP there. Well done. Appreciate it, mate. So, um, what did, did do? Do we continue to gas? Are we are we all gassed out? <coughs> no, are we all gassed out? Am I ever gassed out, mate? Come no, on, you know me better than that. You say there was the, a hint of regret in your voice. Then <laughs> no, I just uh, you know it's almost Christmas, mate. We're we're, we're knocking on the door of, uh, of the twenty fifth. Um, but I know last time in the the lost recording, uh, we spoke a lot about Spotify's new model and uh, how they've decided to shaft anyone that can't get a thousand plays on a tune. Let me just have a swig of this before I get started. Whew, I'm going to take a big <laughs> breath as well. Uh, I almost regret like, ringing this up, Rob. Uh, how do you oh, feel about these changes to Spotify's business me. model? I don't know what annoys me more about it. The fact that, you know, what, what they're looking to do or the fact that I got an email from Spotify with their monthly newsletter trying to sell it to me as if it's a great idea or some, some uh, you know, step forward for artists. Bunch of wankers. Anyway. I would try not to let my feelings cloud what I'm about to say. I'm going to try and be objective. So in essence, what they're doing, they're upgrading their payment model. They say it's to get in line with the current market and it's going to benefit artists. It's going to benefit about 2% of artists that are at the top of the bracket, but we'll get to that later. What they are effectively doing at the moment or to date, if you have a release that's on Spotify, you get paid per stream. And yeah, I mean, we've covered it before many times on the podcast. The remuneration per stream is piss poor. Um, highly dependent on where in the world you are. You get some artists who would tailor their music to certain dem demographics in certain countries because there are certain countries where you get a slightly elevated amount per stream, which I think is interesting to know, um, albeit not particularly useful if you're looking at something like Garage. Garage is Garage, right? Um, but you, you, so essentially, you get 500 plays and something, you get paid whatever the equivalent appropriate amount of remuneration that Spotify deems is okay. What they're doing from the start of 2024, if you've got a track that attains less than 1,000 streams over the course of 12 months, you get paid fuck all. Which on the surface, like it, it, particularly if you're looking at it in terms of like server space and all that kind of thing, you'd go, oh, well, you know, like they're just trying to cut out the dead wood. I kind of can see that for, to, to an extent. The issue is, if you're a sort of smaller time artist, and I would use like someone like myself is probably a good example because I'm a smaller time artist. I do have a following, but it's very small. But I have quite a large catalogue. So assume, I'm rounding up here. I've probably got about 170 tracks on Spotify. I assume I had 200 tracks just for the sake of the maths. It's easier to do. There are 200 tracks on Spotify and every one of those tracks attained 999 streams. Not 1,000 just below the threshold to be paid, 999 streams. Over the course of the year, I get, what, 199,800 streams? That works out as, yeah, nearly 200,000 streams. Yeah, I don't earn a penny from it. Um, and that really doesn't sit right with me. I think that's, that's a bit of a piss taker. I, I don't know what a better solution would be. I don't know if they ought to look at it per artist and go, how many total streams has that artist attained? Because then you might go, well, somebody might have... 500 streams in total across the year and you might go oh, well it's reasonable to have a cut off there but somebody's got nearly 200,000 they're still getting paid I don't know that artist at the bottom rung who's only getting 500 might still be there going well I want to be paid for my 500 I guess the issue is Spotify are kind of looking at it going well we need to do this and this means that the top bracket that you know whatever percentage it is earns um, 
X percent more as a result of doing this. So the people who are more reliant on it as their main stream of income getting, uh, are getting more. But I think I've read some statistic that it equates to about an extra $5 for that, that sort of top rung of artists that they deem. And, and that top rung of artists that they deem, so for just, just for anybody who's in the dark about how the Spotify stats works, present time is about 60,000 tracks that get uploaded to Spotify per day. Of those 60,000 tracks a day, I think it's something like 50% over the course of a year get less than 10 streams. Um, of all of those, or everything that's on there, 90% of the artists on there earn less than, is it 90%? I think it was either 90 or 95. It's a very high proportion of the people that put music on there earn less than $1,000 in the course of, the, of a year from their music being on that platform. So you've only got that really small percentage that actually earn more than a thousand. And those mostly are the artists that are signed to the major labels who coincidentally enough own a 20% stake in Spotify. So really what they're doing with these measures is they're, they're kind of selling it as, oh, this is the way forward and, it, and it's going to benefit the, the sort of top tier artists. Well, really what it's doing is it's benefit, benefiting the major labels that own a stake in Spotify and dicking over everybody else in the process. And I mean, like, I know you're, when, whenever we talk about Spotify, you always obviously, you, as, as a sort of IT guy yourself, you're always keen to kind of point out the advantages of Spotify. And I'm not sitting here slating Spotify entirely. I use it. I, I'm kind Kind of hypocritical in the sense I use it. I don't subscribe to it. I cannot justify subscribing to it whilst they're paying the artists such little money. I do use it, and as a music discovery platform, it's essential for me. And I use the release radar, and I use Discover Weekly, and I find some great music by it. And then I jump across to Beatport or Juno Download, and I and I get those releases to support the artist. Um, so in one sense, there are a lot of positives to Spotify, but I, I just feel like, and I said it years ago, and I've said it every episode of the po podcast where we've discussed it, streaming is not a su sustainable business model for the music industry. I don't know what the solution is, and certainly I accept, especially having watched the playlist on Netflix, if anyone hasn't watched it yet, I'd highly recommend going and checking that out because it tells you the story, you know, the conception and the implementation of how they put Spotify together, what they were setting out to achieve. Um, Something needed to change. And I said at the time, streaming's not the way. And I still say it now, streaming's not the way. Something has to change. Somebody has to come along with a better idea. You're going to ask me what that idea should be. And I'm going to say to you, I've no fucking idea because I don't. I'm just busy sitting here moaning about what grinds my gears. I wish I had the solution. I really did. If I had the solution, I'd implement it. All I know is that I feel like this new measure from Spotify to stop paying people for less than a thousand streams on a track, I feel is a retrograde measure and massively detrimental to those people. And I feel like a lot of the, you know, the a lot of the independent garage labels that we're looking at are highly reliant on the money that they're getting from those streams. And if you look at, and I'm looking particularly at labels like Nuvolve and New State um, and Southpoint. Southpoint are very good for it. Garage share to an extent. They attain high numbers of streams for their artists because they're good at securing playlist placements and those playlist placements then secure numbers which in turn translate into money um, and obviously for the bigger placements those tracks are going to generate more than a thousand streams so they're still going to get paid but there are also going to be a lot of labels that don't get those placements who are already fledgling and struggling financially or struggling to justify the work that goes into the running of their label because they earn such a piss poor amount back who are now going to be looking at even less money because you're going to remove, you know, Spotify is the mainstream platform. I don't think anyone can argue that. I think it equates for about 95% of the market in America alone, which is insane when you consider that Apple Music's the, 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 the next one along and is such a small percentage of the market share. Um, 
it's just, I've, I feel it's a, just a really retrograde, negative look for smaller artists. Like, yeah, it's great if you're Taylor Swift or, or fucking Drake, but, you know, what about the rest of us? Uh, but, so, so, like, today, you, you, you sent me a screenshot from Spotify of Hutcher's latest remix, right? You use that, you, you found it on Spotify, right? You use that as your tool for discovery, and that's it's essential to you. Like, you use it to find your new music. It's like your new version of radio almost, but, you're, but it's tailored to the data based on what else you listen to. The, the algorithms are able to serve you precisely what you want to hear, and it's in the right niche. Like, you couldn't get any more niche than a garage shared release, really. Like, that technology itself, like, just the, the value of that is ridiculous. Um, you're saying, like, streaming's not the answer, but it's like, I, you, I don't think you could take streaming away from the planet and have people live in a world where it doesn't exist. It's like, it's, it's essential now. In, in a world where any piece of information um, is available to you at the touch of a button on your phone in your pocket, how can you remove music as a piece of, uh, of of data that can come to you instantly out of that pie? It doesn't make any sense. It's I, I, like I I appreciate what you're saying in terms of like when you add up the amount of streams, artists technically could be getting shafted. If it was if things are getting played on radio, were you getting paid more that way? Would you say like let's say. I mean, I suppose if you get if you're getting PRS from stuff on radio, does how 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 would that? Let's think of think of that in terms of of a world, right? Your body of music and how that would earn you money in the old world through PRS. Is it is it any more? Is it a lot more? How different is it? Like I don't. Think yeah, it can like, be a lot more. It's it's largely dependent on what station you're played on because obviously there's a lot of sort of smaller time digital stations now that you know you may be talking twenty p thirty p a play but then you're looking at something like Radio One and if you're talking about peak time it's dependent on the time of day what you're going to get played so if you get played in one of those late night shows you might get twenty quid if you get played earlier in the day you might get thirty quid so if you had a track that was getting a lot of rotation on a lot of these it's, it's got to be the bigger stations right so if you were looking at Radio One and Capital and Heart and you were talking about plays throughout the day, every day over the course of several months. You, you were, I mean, there's a reason Ed Sheeran's were valued at, what, 300 million? And it's because, like, every station across the world is playing his tunes 10 times a day. And when you start adding that up, the publishing royalties off the back of that are fucking ast- astronomical, right? So, yeah, typically you're going to... Sorry, go ahead. Go no, I'm just going to say, take streaming out of the mix and then that's the only way you're making money. All of you are uh, on your sing- ass instantly. All sing- of you are on your ass. Sync licensing, I think, is the big, the last remaining big earner for, for musicians. And I think that's again, why when you look a, at a lot of... That's a of, different market, though, mate. That's not the same thing, is it? That's not to the consumers. The thing is, you say it's a different market and it's not the same thing, but this is the reason that a lot of these labels... And you, like, you look at a lot of the drum and bass labels. I'd use Hospital as a good example of it. If you look at, like, those Forza Motorsport games and a lot of the racing games now, a lot of the companies that make those racing games deal directly with the bigger, like, drum and bass labels, for instance and they take tracks from their catalogue on, and those tracks are probably the big earners from those catalogues, because if you end up on one of those games or on an advert or on a TV programme, uh, I've got a track that's being used from my Beat Shotters catalogue on one of the American TV programmes, earning me miles more than I've ever earned from anything in Garage. Do you know what I mean? So there is, 
there's avenues there. I don't know, it just seems, it seems a shame to me really that we've basically, and, and I get everything you're saying, I don't disagree with anything you said in terms of Spotify being good, all the positives to it, and there are a lot of positives to it, I do acknowledge that. My, my gripe really, and I've said it time and again, is that what, like Daniel X worth four and a half billion, his average employee salary is 150 grand a year, and yet 95% of the artists uploading music to Spotify earn less than $200 from it a year. There's just, there's this kind of disconnect, there's this this imbalance. And I get that like, if when you've got that number of artists uploading material to their platform, I get that you can't pay all of them a million, I'm not saying that, do you know what I mean? I'm not saying everyone should be paid fucking loads. But equally, if you take the artists away from that platform, that platform platform can't exist is it if you take either party away it falters right so you've got to kind of find a way where it balances out and i accept what you're saying you like to to remove streaming from the mainstream now would be very fucking difficult and and you know arguably streaming is exponentially preferable to how napster and limewire were, were functioning where everything everyone got everything for free i just feel like there has to be a better way i don't know what that better way is i don't know if, if that way is to start over and find an alternative method or if it's just to look at something like spotify and go right this as a business model isn't really working for everyone. We need to find a better way of addressing the finances. Whether that's done through advertising of some sort or how they would do it, I don't know. I just feel like the music industry as it is has already lost all of its engineers, all of the studios are shut down. You know, there was a massive dip at the turn of the century in the quality of music because all of those audio engineers who used to make shit sound good went, well, fuck this, I'm gonna go and get an office job. And all of a sudden, the producer's role went from being Dre sitting in a studio directing everyone to having to do everything yourself. And like, that's a bigger ask of someone. When you, when you don't have somebody who specializes in mixing something down, you lose the expertise that comes with that. When you don't have somebody mastering a track specifically, you lose the expertise that comes with that. And that has a knock-on effect to the music. And there's no doubt in my mind that even though the, music, the quality of music has recovered massively and is pretty decent now, it's not as good as it would be were the music not in the place it is. And if you did have dedicated people who could afford or could justify affording to work in positions. And I, I just think, I don't know, like going forward, I mean, I'm looking at it now and you, you mentioned at the start of the podcast, the fact that I've been a bit quiet this year. I'm struggling to justify it. I, I love making music. Music making is my bread and butter. It's my thing. It's my life. I, I, I channel so much into it, but I've been really struggling to motivate myself to make stuff because I can't, I'm struggling to justify the time that goes into it for the money that comes back from it for the large buyer. That's why I've been looking more at the sort of sync license inside of things. But it's just, it's a shame to have to make that decision to go, oh, releasing records just ain't cutting it. Like, I don't feel like I'm getting anything back from this. One thing, if you're getting loads of support or whatever, then you can justify it, but I don't really. So that the frustration outweighs the benefits to it. And that's just, I feel like it's a sad place to be in because I feel like, I'm not saying it's unnecessary, I just feel like there, there. I feel like there is a better way. It just take, it takes some genius like you with your IT coding hat on to go. Do you know what? I've got an idea and implement it. I feel like you. I have faith in you. I have faith in you, Greg. I'm, the the fate of the music industry lies in your hands. Uh, yeah, def, that's definitely. Yeah, that's definitely not, not something you want at all, mate. But I think in the world that you want, this is how I think it looks. Right? If you had the Spotify working in the way that you want, paying out the rates that you want all of the independent artists come off of it and it becomes just like radio with only anyone signed to major labels and the catalogue becomes this big and then everyone can get paid more. I don't see it. I don't, that's the only way it would work. And then the argument would be, well, then why aren't I included in that catalogue? And then there'd be a different, it'd be a, a different fight. Like, I just, I, I hear think, that. 
at least the fact that everyone has got a chance of at least going in. I mean, you, you could have similar arguments about all like YouTube creators and TikTok creators and all these other creators that are constantly producing content and pouring their heart into it, but not everyone is going viral or getting a YouTube partner or getting their silver play buttons and getting the ad revenue through and making livings out of it and getting the sponsorship deals. Not everyone gets to that level until they get the popularity. Can I jump in there? So I don't mean to interrupt you. The thing is, those roles, technically speaking, I mean, obviously, they've always been videographers and photographers and people who do that kind of media. But the role of a YouTuber wasn't there in the first place before YouTube. Does that make sense? That's the distinction you've got to make there. That role was never there. The role of a TikTok or Instagram influencer wasn't there before those platforms, whereas the role of a musician has been there always. So, so that's the difference you're looking at. You're looking at roles that are new against a role that was there and has been decimated by it and is now struggling to kind of even be there. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the role of a musician straight off the bat um, is completely different to what it was because I, I, people used to ask me what I do and I, I, I used to be like, I make music, but like I've had to learn how to use Adobe After Effects and Photoshop and Premiere Pro. Like I'm a media kind of fucking powerhouse now. Everyone that makes music is no longer like a musician. We're like, we're people who make music, but that's like the smallest part of, we do, of what we do. Do you know what I mean? We're also having to do all of this other shit. And, but as you say, it's still not good enough because you're one in a million lucky chance if you can actually get heard because it's, it's just that difficult to, to kind of cut through all of the bullshit. And I accept totally what you're saying about in terms of like a, a curation-based service. I, I do think, yeah, if, if you ended up going, right, we're going to limit who gets to put out what, then you would end up with people like me sat there going, oh, fuck you, I want to put my music out and I can't. So yeah, there is that. Interestingly, though, you, it's interesting that you flagged that as an example because, excuse me, but the booze is catching up with me, I've got the burps. <laughs> I should slow down, <laughs> slow down, breathe, Rob. I'm probably sucking in loads of air where I'm ranting so much as well. <laughs> Apologies to anyone who's having to listen to this. But um, yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the curation type thing because interestingly, if you compare all the streaming services like for like and you line up YouTube, Spotify, even Tidal, which is the one that was designed to pay us the most but doesn't, Napster is the one that far and away pays the highest rate per stream to the artist. And I've been trying to wrap my head around how they justify doing that. But what's interesting is, is that Napster is now curated. It's one of the fewer ones that is curated. So only cert- like if you go on, if you go, if you're one of those few people that does use Napster and you look me up, you will notice that my discography on there is is noticeably smaller than the, the equivalent on Spotify because they're a lot pickier about what they'll allow on there. Uh, so that appears to be their trade-off, and, I, and I, I'm assuming that has something to do with why they can pay you more per stream because they've got a, a more limited catalogue. Um, does that really benefit me in any way? No, I get pissed all off Napster. Do you know what I mean? That's the thing, because everyone fucking uses Spotify. Uh, and so we've kind of gone full circle back to the beginning of the argument and going, well, here we are again. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, I always go back to it. Like, if you are somebody in our field, whether, it, whether it's you're a musician yourself or whether you're a DJ or whether you're just someone that likes listening to it, if you want to support a garage artist, Bandcamp is far far and away the best way to do it because the percentage of the money that that artist is going to get from that sale if you buy one tune from me off Bandcamp you've probably benefited me more financially than you would do if you listened to stream my music on Spotify for the next two three years do you know what I mean that's that's a mad thing to be able to say isn't it um 
I've got nothing but love for, for those people that do do that because there are, I, and, and, and you know, I specifically aim it at you guys that do message me and go, oh, you know, I stumbled across this on your Spotify. I've just found you. You know, I get messages on Bandcamp. I just found this. This is wicked. And they'll buy 10 tracks for me and it just makes my day. And I just wish I had a few million people doing that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel that's too much to ask. <laughs> but, but, you know. Mate, loads of people are doing the Patreon thing now, right? So, like, literally people subscribe to them as artists. And then the, uh, the only people that pay a monthly fee, um, I love get, that. I love get, that. Get it's great. Yeah, but you have to have the, the the listener base for that, right? So I've got Patreon, and I've only got like I've got like I don't know six or seven Patreons, and I love every single one of those people for being a Patreon. I don't give them the amount of value that they deserve. But well, I was going to say, like, if you were going to do that as a, like as an artist, say you would absolutely categorically have to release a certain amount of tunes consistently every month. There's no scope for any downtime because then you're immediately letting... I see it like on, on Twitter when you... like. I love going on Twitter. I know it's, like, it's, the, it's the social media platform that gets slated. I hate all of them. Twitter's the only one that I actually quite enjoy because now it's got suggested things on my feed. Most of it's bullshit, but every now and then I do get something really random that makes me chuckle. And there's a lot of stuff that pops up that seems to relate to OnlyFans. And you quite often see these people that are slating somebody because they haven't uploaded content in ages and people were still paying that month. And I always think, yeah, like if you're doing like only whether it be OnlyFans or like a Patreon and you're doing it musically, you've got to be really consistent. That's the only thing I think. Because I looked at the band, Bandcamp's got a model for it, right? It's got like, a, I know Marcin over at um, Pogo House does it. So rather than buy individual tracks from him, you can subscribe and save, yeah. And then, yeah, and then download it. And, and I thought about doing it briefly with Riddler, uh, but I don't feel like the, the... I mean, I do like a release every couple of weeks on Riddler. I don't feel like the output there justifies like a monthly subscription. Do you know what I mean? I, think, I feel like if you were doing two weeks, of, two, two releases a week, like a label like Pogo does, then I, I feel like you could justify a subscription-based service. And so as an artist, you, I think you would you need, need to do something audience, similar. You need the audience, mate. You need to have fanatics. Like some of the guys, like there's guys like Lone Drum, I see doing it, and Cursor. They're two kind of obscure bass um, musicians that put out fantastic music. But like when they, and then when they put it out, they're getting like so much traction with everything that they do that they've got an, enough hardcore fan base that they would pay them every month to be able to get those tunes on an exclusive. So every now and again, you'll go on SoundCloud and you'll see someone will say, Patreon exclusive, here's a clip. And then you see the tune that, that you can only get on a download if you subscribe to them i don't think there's anyone in garage doing it i don't know who would who would muster the audience to be able to do that in this day and age maybe someone like an mj cole or i don't know who else like who who would who would you subscribe to on, on a patreon for tunes every month i it's very, that's a very subjective thing to ask isn't it in terms of who could do it i, I feel like maybe like a maybe like a, a sammy Vergie or a conductor could pull it off they've definitely got the audience and the following uh, in terms of who who I would subscribe to, um, I, I'd have to think about that. Um, I'll come back to you on that one. <laughs> I'll come back to you. There's definitely people that are doing it. There's, there's definitely people doing it. But I think if I was going to subscribe to someone, I would want some kind of guarantee that they were uploading content regularly. Maybe someone that was like, um, I almost feel like you would need to join up and have like a part music, part OnlyFans style thing to justify it, wouldn't you? So, you know, like Goose, if you want to start uploading pictures as well, then maybe I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll subscribe to a Patreon for you. I'm just throwing so it out it, there. You, know? you need to get dick pics off of Goose to subscribe to him every month. Is not where I thought this, this podcast would end up, Rob. Merry Christmas one and all. 
And, uh, <laughs> I've had a few drinks. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, ha- happy Christmas to the gooses. Meat and two veg. I think we can leave it there with some turkey, mate. I think we, we, we've gone on. That's at one 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 hour thirty. We could probably wrap it up there, mate. Um, we could. It's, it's fantastic. <laughs> fantastic talking to you as always. Um, if any of you have uh, got any opinions on the bullshit that we've just been talking about, any contradictions, uh, any challenges, any positive love you would love to send our way, please send us an email. Old school. Uh, feedback at in the UK garage.com. Um, or you can tweet us, Twitter us, X us, whatever it's called nowadays, um, at in the UK garage. I think that account's still going. Um, it's still going. It's a weird one, that, isn't it? Where they've changed. I never know what to say. Like, I still refer to it as tweeting, but you're. You're Xing, really, aren't you? But it just it doesn't have the same kind of ring to it. Not that I want to. Not that I want to question the business savvy of Elon Musk. He seems to know what he's doing. So, does he? Fuck. You've been watching the same thing that I have. What are you talking about? Um, X, X, formerly Twitter, seems to be the official way you have to say it nowadays. Um, but yeah, so we are on X, formerly Twitter. Well, I've still got a Twitter logo on the video. I've just noticed. Ignore that. Um, it's been great chatting to you, mate. It's been great catching up with you. And, and you, mate, always, always. Se- second time in two weeks. Let's, uh, should we do it again well, same time next week? <laughs> <laughs> we'll just record this episode again for the third time. Yeah, let's do it. Fuck it. Seems to be love, love talking about these awards over and over again. No, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, mate. Um, thank you uh, for sharing this time with me. I apologise, uh, by the way, that we've had to do it twice, just for, for the sake of anyone who's listening, because people will be wondering. It was my fuck up. You know, I've only been an audio engineer for 20 years, and yet I'm incapable of recording audio, apparently. I had two recordings going, and they both failed, if you can believe that. That could only happen to me, couldn't it? Have two like simultaneous drive <sighs> crashes. I, I no. mean, once upon a time, I would have had a backup feed that I didn't have. So, you know, it could be, we, 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 could, we could blame both of us. It's fine. I won't give. I won't make you the complete. I'm villain willing to stomach time. it. I will. I felt like such a twat last time having to text you going, mate. You're never going to believe this. But <laughs> I, mean, I could, ima- I I could I imagine thinking- you feeling like absolute shit when you send me that I was message. Thinking I was like, like, He's oh. going to think I'm winding him up. He's going to text me back, oh fuck off, or something like that. And then and, and then and then to, as well, right before Christmas, of all times of the year for it to happen, this is like the busiest time of the year when everyone's snowed. And it's just like right, we've got to find another day before Christmas to get it in. But lo and behold, we managed it. That, that was exactly what I thought. I saw that message and I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to struggle to re-record that then. That was literally all that went through my head. <laughs> we did it though, mate. We made it all we the did. way. We did. Yes. Double the credit. Uh, Double the credit because we did it twice. Top man. Indeed. Thank you so much um, for spending this time with me. Um, if people want to find out more about the shit that you do, where would they need to go to find that out? I love that, mate. Phonetics.co.uk. And I'm going to spell that for anyone, just for anyone who hasn't got the benefit of the YouTube screen in front of them. P-H-O-N-E-T-I-X.co.uk will take you everywhere you need to go. Fantastic. And similarly, you can go to djbrains.com for me with a Z and uh, catch my latest Xmas special episode over there also. <laughs> Follow me on the SoundClouds. <laughs> I shall definitely be going straight over to djbrains.com because I want to hear the playback where you mix in my my Merry Christmas, you filthy animals, into the Higo remix of Danny Bird. I'm, I'm dying to hear that. I'm glad I missed it today, actually. Yeah. Oh, honestly, if you count the number of phonetic tunes in there, it's you should be paying me. Put it that way. If we, I, I'm, if, if you're moaning about Spotify, don't pay enough. You should be paying me, like you know, whatever a stream. 
Uh. <laughs> I'll get a check in. I'll get a check in the post to you in the morning in your Christmas card. Slide in, but but Spotify don't pay me enough, so it'll be like fifty p or something. But I hope that's you know. Then then you would appreciate my frustration. I'll just put a note in there going on the back, you know. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> All right, well, let's leave it there then, mate. Um, on that note, I'm going to go watch Home Alone, mate. Sounds like a good idea. That's a, that's a fantastic shout. I'll watch Die Hard. Um, I hope we do this again soon, bruv. Absolutely, mate. Let's, let's, let's try not to leave it another year, but um, you know, it is, it's extra fun at Christmas, especially because I can kind of justify sitting here and having a few drinks while I'm at it. Makes it, Fantastic. you know, I feel like I'm supremely rosy-cheeked here on the YouTube feed. Don't watch that too closely, people. <laughs> no, no one's paying attention. Merry Christmas, one and all, uh, and that's a wrap. Thank you, guys. Feedback at inthegroovekgarage.com. Merry Christmas. Layers. You get me? In the garage with fanatics and brains. <laughs>